The word of the Lord, according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 36 through 49. As they were talking about these things, Jesus stood and said to them, among them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power. Come on high. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation is from the Holy Gospel of St. Luke that I just finished for you and serves as the basis of our theme for the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther's classic statement, Here I Stand, serving as the basis of our theme, Here I Stand. I know what you're thinking. Didn't we already do this this year? I could have sworn that kids had pictures of doors from Wittenberg plastered with puns that made us all giggle. I'm certain we had the red pyramids out that we only use twice a year, and it's not Pentecost yet. Besides, why do we keep having to look at this history anyway? Isn't it where it belongs in the past? Oh, there are a lot of nefarious actors these days that would love to put a thing like this in the past. They would love to tell you that none of this matters only the future counts, unless they want to use the past to crucify you for your past indiscretions, regardless of their ethical quality at the time. They will redact their values from a valueless world to invalidate whatever stands in their way. These are dark ages, indeed. And the dark ages is when Christ shines the brightest. When the barbarians overran the Roman Empire the first time, burning and pillaging anything that lay in their way, it was 
the Benedictines of the Order of St. Benedict that preserved the great books of note from the 6th to 8th century AD, making sure future generations would learn the lessons already learned in the past. Granted, the Arabs helped by preserving math in the Middle East, but the Renaissance had the Christians to be thankful for. For it was in fact the church that stepped in the vacuum and maintained a modicum of order within a crumbling civilization, and specifically the Benedictines in 529 AD. Other orders joined suit in science, agriculture, engineering, animal husbandry, Chemistry and industry were all preserved, cataloged, and available when the burning and the pillaging stopped and the people could educate themselves and reasonably study again without fear of persecution. Many are acting barbaric again for nefarious reasons once again. And they would love nothing better than to destroy the very foundations of civilization again and replace it with their open-minded progressive worship of secular humanism. Some wreak havoc on the streets determined to burn anything they can get their hands on that even hints at the educational values of our past. They are attacking and in some cases leading the corporate and private sectors with draconian overreach and manipulation of the masses endeavoring to use the power of the purse and the control of the economy to think a certain way and get in line goose-stepping to their imperatives concerning their open-mindedness which is not open to any mind other than their own. Now they even want to electronically track and prohibit our travel and exchange of goods if we don't bend the knee to the latest cultural trend they find fitting. Take heart, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. When the world's light dims the darkness, the light of Christ shines in that gloom and his church steps in to preserve the civilization in ways only God can provide and ensure the steady continuance thereof. So today, our remembrance of Luther's confession of faith on this day 500 years ago must be preserved lest we lose it forever and lose yet another critical chapter in our spiritual library of life. And we are not preserving the historical account for the edification of future generations. We are preserving and telling of Luther's confession of faith. On April 18th, 1521, 500 years ago today, Luther stood before the Diet of Worms in front of the most powerful man in the world, Emperor Charles V, having been brought there for the express purpose of recanting what he believed and what he wrote concerning those beliefs in the pure gospel of faith without works, a heresy to the church in those days. This is what he said. Since then, your serene majesty and your lordship seeks a simple answer. I will give it to you in this manner. Neither horned nor toothed. 
unless I'm convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by clear reason, for I do not trust either in the Pope or in councils alone, since it is well known they have often erred and contradicted themselves. I am bound by the scriptures I have quoted, and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot, and I will not retract anything, since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. I cannot do otherwise. Here I stand. May God help me. Amen. And stand he did, not only for himself, not only for his family and friends, but for all future generations who have only one leg to stand on, the gospel of the only truth this world has ever consistently known and ever will. The gospel he learned from translating the entire Bible into the vernacular of the people so all would have access to it and learn from themselves the truth about Jesus Christ. Today's gospel in particular gives us a picture of just how real Jesus is and how deeply he cares for us and understands us simply by the way Jesus reveals himself in this account. The Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Gibbs, one of my favorite seminary professors, once shared that the people of Judea in Jesus' day did not believe that spirits had feet. No, weird, right? Well, Jesus must have been thinking about that, for he made sure that they saw his feet. A twofold purpose for sure. Number one, affirming his statement that he was indeed resurrected and still has the scars to prove it. And number two, spirits don't have feet. And here are my feet. Dr. Gibbs continues that maybe our Easter cry should be, he has feet, he has feet indeed. Instead of our classic, he is risen. Okay, maybe not the feet. I like the original too. So what we today know from Luke is that the faith we have is not in a dead God and rules of men, but a living God who proves it doesn't matter where we stand. It matters that Jesus stood with real feet in the midst of the disciples and told them that is what this word that testified to him. The life he lived as one of us and then died for us on the cross to save us from the sinful world we created by barbarically rejecting our creator and burning and pillaging our way through life with no hope in and of ourselves. Today is that day we remember Luther and his courage to stand for the truth but today is also a new day when truth will be berated, confiscated, and desecrated for abomination and segregation once again. But as I said before, in the midst of abomination, there is always hope and salvation. This 500th anniversary, be a part of the preservation rather than the abomination. This 500th anniversary, treasure truth over cultural corruption. This 500th anniversary, 
seek to educate and accommodate those willing to learn and who are open to reality rather than castigate and hate. This 500th anniversary of standing for the truth, seek ways that you can be a part of the solution instead of being the problem. And never forget who came and stood among us saying, peace be with you, literally having created the peace by dying on the cross for barbarians like us. This 500th anniversary, say with Luther, here I stand, may God help me. Because without God, none of us are standing anyway. And only Jesus can truly stand in the way of the devil who seeks to persecute us and destroy us. Here we stand with Jesus by our side in his promise alone. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.